Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. Begin to be poured out upon all men. <laughs> this is that spoken by the prophet Joel. This is that spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I pour out my spirit, saith the Lord. radio show <laughs> i like that song we always start with that song okay listen i like good lyrics i like good music that song's got it all and plus um 
uh, he's taking it right out of the book of Acts chapter 2. You can't get any better than that. This is Pastor Bob, the Tell It Like It Is radio show. <coughs> Good to be on with you this December 8th. 2019 you're listening to a live broadcast if you're listening to that on this date you can also listen to this later on holy ghost radio podcasts and so that's another way if you just can't get enough of pastor bob you can um, just play those all night long and listen to it in your sleep or something i don't know but anyway pastor bob simons is the pastor of the new life pentecostal church in dickinson north dakota and we um are on a live radio station here. This is an AM station, the the really old radio station, KDIX, right downtown Dickinson. And um, on a snowy December 8th night, I drove my old Isuzu Trooper down here. I've got this really nice Isuzu Trooper. It's um, It's got a lot of miles on it, and it's not going to run forever, but I save it just for the wintertime. I, I try not to drive it much in the summer. It's got a great four-wheel drive, great tires on it, and part of me loves it when it blizzards. We're not really in a blizzard. I think we had about six inches of snow, but it, I'm just going to pretend it's a blizzard because I just love um, putting that thing in four-wheel drive and driving around. And I know I don't love shoveling my sidewalk, and I don't love uh, trying to work in this stuff. I'm a contractor also, um, Simon's Homes. I got some free advertising just now. Uh, the uh, siding windows, roofing gutters. Hey, I don't ever say that hardly, do I? But uh, we moved to Dickinson to start a Pentecostal church, but we also started a business. And uh, that business has done well, too. And our church is doing awesome. We set an attendance record today in church. Brother Schuler, good to have Brother Schuler listening tonight. In Grafton, we had 205 people in church today. I think our old record was 204. <laughs> so didn't beat it by much, but 205 people in church today. And that's really cool on a day that, you know, supposed to get a lot of snow and stuff. So we're excited about that. We had a church dinner after church. That was a lot of fun. Uh, most everybody stayed around for that. And uh, we do that once a month, have a church potluck. This time we had more food than uh, we could eat. And so I don't know where all the teenagers were to help us. I think they were all there, but they, they didn't. Didn't eat as much as they normally do or something, but anyway, it was a great day, and we had, uh, we've been having some really neat services. We've got an evangelist that's on site living in Dickinson. He, he took a job here south of Dickinson on the pipeline, Gary Blackshire, and, uh, he has been preaching, uh, every service lately, and I've been feeling led to have him preach. He, uh, preached a week ago Wednesday. We had a tremendous service today. He preached tremendous service, uh, great service. And so I, I asked him, can he preach this week? And he said he would. So he's going to be preaching Tuesday night in our beach church. Our, our daughter worked there Wednesday night in Dickinson and then Thursday night in our daughter work in Bowman. And so he'll be preaching, um, three nights and then he's leaving for a while. They're moving back to Indiana, but. Uh, just been tremendous services, uh, great preacher, great family. His family sings and plays, and and so we've kind of been having a, our our own um, onboard evangelist preaching and doing a tremendous job. Thankful for all God's doing. I know I'm just sounds like I'm rambling, but I'm just giving you some information. So you've heard that our next services would be Tuesday in Beach, Wednesday here in Dickinson, five hundred one Elks Drive is the address, and then Thursday in Bowman. In, in our church down there. Our daughter worked down there. We're starting 
churches in those places, and we have another church that we're closely aligned with in Beulah. And so he's not preaching up there that I know of, but but if you Beulahites are listening, Brother Black sure would do a great, great job. We've got Sierra Bodwin listening all the way down in Arkansas tonight. We've got Carl and Jeannie listening in Kansas. We've got the Millers. The, the Millers, one of them was dedicated today. Little Kevin Miller had his baby dedication today. We don't baptize babies, but we dedicate them to the Lord. And um, they're in Golva listening, and Justin is in Golva listening. Justin is in the middle of nowhere listening. He's not in Golva. I mean, first of all, Golva's in the middle of nowhere. It's a neat little town in in the very western part of North Dakota. It's it's a neat town. It really is. I mean, it's it's um, for a little town, it's got some things going for it. And one of the greatest things it has going for it is it's got three Two apostolic families and an apostolic single guy living right in Golva. Three apostolic, wait a minute. There's three apostolic families living right in Golva. And, um, hey, we've got Yvonne listening from Bowman tonight. She just texted. Good to have Yvonne listening. And she uh, is doing so good. Came to God. She heard about this Acts 238 message while she was at St. Luke's Nursing Home in Dickinson. And now she's back in Bowman. And uh, just exciting. She's part of our Bowman Church there. Well, Abe's not in the studio tonight, so he's not pressuring me to do anything. I, um, I've i got my guitar in the studio tonight. I might do some singing later. You can text me to be part of the program tonight, 701-290-7862. That's 701-290-7862. You can email me if you're listening outside the United States. Or if you don't have the ability to text Robert Simons fifty eight at gmail dot com. Someday when I'm a famous preacher, they won't call me Pastor Bob. They'll call me R. E. Simons. That's what they do with famous preachers. They don't they don't even know your first name. They just call you by your initials. Now what I'm gonna do tonight, I've I've just wasted about what, nine point nine minutes no, not quite, six minutes. I didn't waste it. But what I'm going to do tonight is I'm going to talk about something that we talked about at our men's Bible study. Every every Friday morning at Perkins here in Dickinson, North Dakota, we have at 6 a.m. we have a men's Bible study in the back room of Perkins. That's always a great time. Uh, Dr. Matt Ramsey, Ph.D., leads that. He's a brainy guy that comes up with good Bible studies. And this particular Friday, he... Um, Kind of, we're talking in the book of Romans, and he started talking about grace. And he used Noah to teach about what grace really is. And, um, and I'm going to talk about that tonight. I'm going to just, some of the things that were said at that Bible study, uh, really kind of just stuck in my head. And I'm, so I'm going to use some of that. Nothing was copyrighted there, I don't think so. I don't know if Brother, Ramsey's listening tonight or not, but if he gets mad at me for stealing his ideas, that's, you know, he's just going to have to get a good spirit about that. I want to start in Genesis chapter 6, verses 7 through 9. Uh, Brother Jones is, Brother Dale Jones listening tonight, just texted, just texted me. So glad that he's listening. Clear out in the Minneapolis area. Genesis 6, 7 through 9. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. 
Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. Okay, that's my text. We're going to talk about grace tonight. We're going to talk about what Old Testament and New Testament grace really is. Noah, I'm going to ask you a question. Why did Noah find grace in the eyes of the Lord? Did God just pick Noah out of everybody and just maybe drew a name out of a hat? Noah, we'll have Noah, you know, Noah, I'm going to give Noah grace. Is that why? That's the way a lot of religious people think grace works. They just think uh, grace is one of these deals where, you know, just God gives it to everybody and and, uh, that's the way it works. But that's not why Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. According to most evangelicals, we cannot do anything to earn God's grace, and I agree with that. But that doesn't mean we automatically have God's grace. We just have the opportunity to have God's grace. So I believe in Noah's day, everybody had the opportunity to have God's grace, but only Noah out of everybody in the whole world found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And the reason Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord is because of his attitude towards God. Or let me ask you this, did Noah find grace by his attitude towards God or did God's grace find Noah because of Noah's attitude towards God? Kind of the same thing. But, you know, this is a big thing what I'm talking about tonight. Many of you probably think, hey, Pastor Bob, I already know this. Fine. I'm glad you know this. Uh, why don't you, you can tune out and, and go to bed then if you know everything. But, uh, but this, this, um, this idea that, that grace is automatically given to us because we're humans, it's automatically offered to us because God loves us. He wants us to be saved. But if you're going to find grace or if grace is going to find you, whatever way you want to say it, you're going to have to do what Noah did. The Bible said Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. Let me tell you this. Every person out of that 205 people that were in our church today, every single one of them is a flawed human. So if you call me and say, uh, you know, Pastor Bob, you say all your church people are so wonderful, so great, and so perfect, but I know that some of them are this or that or the other. Well, first of all, you're probably not telling me anything I don't know. And secondly, let me just tell you this. Um, we're all flawed humans. I get it. I understand it. Noah was a flawed human. But the reason Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord is he was interested in doing what God wanted him to do, and he was interested in pleasing God. That's why it says Noah was a just man, and that's why it says Noah walked with God. If you want to find grace in the eyes of the Lord, you're going to have to do what Noah did, and that's going to come by surrendering your life to God. Grace is offered freely, but to accept that grace, there is conditions. You know, um, and and this radio show tonight is going to tell you, I'm going to tell you this. Not only can you find grace, but grace 
isn't enough because in verse 22 of Genesis 6, it said, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord in verse 7, but in 22, or 10 through 21, it tells us God gave Noah directions on how to build the ark. And in Genesis 6.22, it says, Thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him, so did he. So here's my broadcast tonight. Just because Noah found grace, he wasn't saved yet. Why? Because he still had to obey the plan to build the boat. So you can find God's grace through surrender and repentance, but you still have to obey Acts 2.38 to be saved. There's only one way to be saved. Jesus is the way, and there's only one plan of salvation. It is found very concisely in Acts chapter 2, in verse 38. Text me tonight, 701-290-7862. Sounds a little narrow, doesn't it? Jesus said that. Hey, boy, am I getting the text now. Pastor Bob, the Tell It Like It Is show, if you're just tuning in, we're, we are live in Dickinson, North Dakota tonight. We've got Paul down from our Wapaton Church listening. Uh, hey, he said if you brought your guitar, he requested a song. Maybe I can do that, Brother Paul. The um, 
We've got Brother Johnson listening tonight in Mesa, Arizona. Jackson and JC, or Jackson and Casey, I'm sorry. Jackson and Casey are listening tonight in the far reaches of the Arctic South Heart. Brother and Sister Gubrood listening out near Valley City tonight. We've got, um, say, who's this? JD from Yell County, Arkansas. Uh, said, don't forget this about Noah. As the old song said, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord and he landed high and dry. The, um, we've got, um, somebody's texted me, said, my mom said to tell you she's listening. I don't know who, who that is, but their mom's listening. Willis's are tuned in tonight. My good friend, uh, brother Fuller is, is listening. Brother Doug Fuller listening tonight and he's happy to hear about our church attendance record. And I'm happy to hear about it too. I, you know, I mean, especially on such a kind of a blizzardy day, I didn't expect to set an attendance record. You know, we've got one of the cool things we've got going, and I don't know why we didn't do this sooner, but we bought 15 of those headsets that we can translate, um, from English to Spanish in now. And we've got a bunch of Hispanic people coming in. We had some coming before and they were just sitting there not really being able to understand anything and, a man in our church, Brother Ralph, you know, basically told me we got to do something about that. So the um, Brother Isaiah's family listening tonight, oh, I like those people. His wife is doing one of my granddaughters a great, great favor. The uh, we got some Woodses and Beulah listening tonight. We've got some Lomans in New England. We've got people, hey, we got some Schmitz listening. Haven't heard from them in Bismarck for a while. The um, My daughter's trying to tell me what to preach. She's texting me. So I might might take her advice on that. Okay, I better quit doing that. We're we're talking about grace and we're talking about obeying God's plan. We're talking about the fact that God offers his grace to everybody, but not everybody is going to accept God's grace. What do we do to accept God's grace? I think grace the the, the concept of biblical grace is certainly one of the most misunderstood concepts in the entire Bible. And I know I've said that many times on this Sunday night program, but I do believe that it's true. Some people think grace means I can just do whatever I want and God's going to forgive me. Some people just think uh, grace means God's going to overlook my humanness. That's what they think grace means. Um, you know, and, and here again, I just told you, our church is full of humans. The pastor is a human. I'm, I'm a human. And I, you know, I have human frailty. There's days that I might be a little grouchy. Not tonight, but some days I am. Maybe you can even tell on the radio broadcast I'm grouchy. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And I believe that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Grace was offered to everybody, but the reason Noah found grace was because he was a just man and he walked with God. That's why. Titus chapter 2 and verse 11, Sarah says, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. And so there are two main points in these verses. Two things every Christian should know. Number one, the grace of God brings salvation. And number two, that the grace of God teaches us things. Those are two things that we should know. Now, here again, let me just tell you this. The grace of God in Noah's life was showing Noah how to be saved and how his family should be saved. That was the grace of God. God taught Noah to be an ark builder. That's the grace of God. The grace of God is a teacher. 
Noah, this is how you're going to build an ark. Very important, Noah. Pay attention, Noah. I mean, this is a 120-year undertaking that Noah went on to build this ark. This took a long time. And he built it according to the detail, according to the plan that God gave him. And that's why it's so important that when people say, oh, I'm just saved by grace, I don't need to hear anything else. No, you're saved by grace so you can hear everything else. Grace is the light bulb that comes on so you can see what God wants you to do. Grace is the headset that God gives you so you can start listening to God and he can tell you how to be saved. That's what grace is. Grace is the spiritual awakening that we have so we can start to follow God. That's what grace is. That's all grace is. Grace is the opportunity to understand what we need to do to be saved. Noah was not saved because um, God offered him grace. He was saved because he followed the plan of grace. And in Noah's case, God said, you need to build an ark. In our case, God told us, see, the grace of God was given to us through the blood of Jesus. Jesus died on the cross for us. But because Jesus died on the cross doesn't mean everybody's saved. And if you believe that Jesus died on the cross for you, that's a good first step. But that's not enough to be saved. If Noah believed there was going to be a worldwide flood and that everybody had to get on a boat to be saved, that's a good step. But if the boat doesn't get built, you're all going to drown. You see, it's not just finding grace. It's understanding that grace is a teacher. Grace teaches us something. It tells us how to be saved. See, in our day, we're not building boats and arks. That's not how we're saved. In our day, we, according to Acts chapter 2 and 2 and verse 38, when Peter was asked what people needed to do to be saved, Peter had just preached, listen folks, this is the very first Christian sermon ever preached. And the he preached, and when he was in the middle of his preaching, he was interrupted. How rude. And they cried out while Peter was preaching, men and brethren, what shall we do? What do we need to do here, Peter? And Peter said in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. You see, this is the grace of God to know what to do to be saved. And I'm not, it's not going to get any deeper than this, but I'm telling you, I'm coming against a lot of religious ideas tonight. See, we're saved, like Brother Griffith, my friend from uh, Great Falls, Montana, just uh, texted me, and he said, you know, the, 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 he, he, was, he was quoting that scripture, through faith are you, by grace are you, through faith are you saved. Exactly. <clears throat> You've got, you, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, and and what God did for Noah was said, Noah, here's what you've got to do to be saved. And right now, God is offering your gra- his grace to you 
And in this, my little smart, small part of what I can do about this, you know, I know I don't have like a worldwide audience. There's people listening all over the place. But I mean, I don't know how many people are listening to this program tonight. A thousand? I hope so. I don't even know. I don't have any idea. I don't know. But in my little way, you know, I'm, I'm reaching for people. This is on an AM radio station. You're, you're driving through the snow in Dickinson, North Dakota, on your way home from Walmart. And the grace of God is reaching out to you tonight, telling you, teaching you that you've got to repent of your sins. That means to surrender your life to God. Ask him for forgiveness. Tell him what you've done and be sorry for it. Repent of your sins and be baptized. That word means to be immersed in the name of Jesus in water. That's what baptism means. Baptism does not mean sprinkling. The, um, even though, you know, our church is growing and we've got the best location in town, uh, we're right on the interstate. I mean, we couldn't have asked for a better place to have a church. Right on Interstate 94. I mean, right on it. And, um, and I, I mean, this building will hold 500 people. I mean, I'm, I'm so excited about God giving us this building. But it's not the biggest church in town yet. And the biggest churches in town sprinkle babies, and they call that baptism. Now, I'm not trying to make people mad, but that's not baptism. Sprinkling's not baptism to start with. The The word baptism comes from a word that's baptizo, and it means to completely immerse. How in the world you ever started throwing some water on somebody's head and calling it baptism, I don't know, but that's not in the Bible anywhere. Never been done that way. And not only that, but the Bible examples, even Acts 2.38, what I'm quoting, repent and be baptized, everyone in the name of Jesus. You can't be baptized and then repent. There's an order to this. You've got to give your life to God first. Am I ever, am I going to get through this radio program tonight? Man, and look at all these people texting me crazy. And so far, nobody's mad. Cool. So far, hopefully, and maybe the mad people aren't texting me. I don't know. But the grace of God, according to Titus 2, is teaching us some stuff. And the grace of God taught Noah some stuff. The grace of God brings salvation. In other words, Jesus died on the cross. He gave himself for us. He redeemed us from all iniquity. Redeem means he bought us, he purchased us. In fact, if you read a little farther in in Titus chapter 2, verse 14, he said he gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity. We couldn't save ourselves. We couldn't do it. Noah couldn't save himself either. And let me tell you this about that boat he built. I don't know what you think, but I know this, that God helped Noah build that boat. Because Noah, this boat was so huge and they didn't have electricity or power saws back then or cranes or, or man lifts or any of this stuff. And this boat was so big that Noah, God must have given Noah superhuman strength and, um, and helped him. And I know that God helped bring the animals there. So, we, you know, Grace, you know, we don't, don't, don't think that I'm saying Noah saved himself. Because the information that God gave Noah is the grace of God. 
You see, the grace of God is not a license to sin, you guys. Uh, the grace of how does how does the grace of God bring salvation according to Titus two? Is it like magic? Like here's the grace of God. Now I'm automatically saved. No, grace of God is the warning. It is the direction. God telling Noah there's going to be a flood is the grace of God. You know what? Um, boy, I want to read these texts. I think there's this some good stuff on here, but I'll have to wait. And I don't know if I'm going to get to play my guitar tonight. I brought it in. I'm excited to play it, but whatever. But the, the um, you know, I've been saying this for a long time, but the grace of God is the warning. When, when Jonah went to Nineveh, the message that he, and there's so much more to this story, and I can't tell it because I don't have time. But when Jonah went to Nineveh, he told the Ninevites, God's going to destroy the city. God's going to destroy the city. He didn't tell them to repent. He didn't tell them to straighten up. He just said, God's going to destroy the city. They repented, and God didn't destroy the city. That's the grace of God. The grace of God is the message. What I'm talking about tonight is the grace of God. There's no such thing as the grace of God if you don't hear what you're supposed to do to be saved. That's why these religious people that are mixing people up and not telling them what they need to do to be saved. You know, I listen, uh, you know, I don't know who's all listening to me tonight, but I, I'm telling you, it hurts my feelings when people say, well, your church is really strict and you really believe in holiness, but we believe in the grace of God. Listen. If you're not telling people what they need to do to be saved, and you're not telling people what it, you, they need to do to please God, you are not preaching the grace of God. If you are not telling, in, in Acts chapter 2, Peter said, save yourselves for the, from this untoward generation. you got to tell people how to save themselves. You said, well, we can't save ourselves, Pastor Bob. You know, Jesus saves us. Yeah. Well, let me just tell you this. You're on a, you're, you're in a, you, you fell overboard on the cruise ship. And you're floating in the ocean and the Coast Guard comes. And, and the Coast Guard's there. The men in the Coast Guard are risking their life through the storm. They see you bobbing up and down. They throw you a life preserver. It's tied to a rope. You grab onto the life preserver. They pull you in and resuscitate you and you're alive. So who saved you? Did the boat save you? Did the crew save you? Did the life preserver save you? Did the rope save you? Did you save yourself because you grabbed on? All of the above. The grace of God is the message. We have to respond in the proper way to the message. That's why the fear of God is the grace of, the, of God. The fear of the Lord is the grace of God. Like if you're driving around a night in Dickinson and this, and you're a backslider, you've walked away from God and there's this panic in your heart. Man, if I die right now, I'll be lost. That's the grace of God. Learning that we are sinners is the grace of God. I grew up, I didn't know much about God. I didn't even know I was a sinner <laughs> until I met Pastor Walters. <laughs> I mean, like this, this old German preacher, 
I mean, he preached about sin, and he didn't just say God was against it. He told you what it was. And if you were guilty, you found out you were a sinner. That's the grace of God. How can you be saved? Let me just tell you, Jesus came to save sinners, right? Well, how do you even know you're a sinner if you don't know what sin is? That's why it's important to tell people what God expects. You might be on the wrong side of God and not know it, and going to a church that tells you you're okay. we got churches now telling you two men can be married. Well, that's not the grace of God. You know, this is America. You can do whatever you want, but I'm just telling you, if you want to be right with God, you got to do things God's way. Acts chapter 24, verse 25. Paul was preaching. He reasoned of righteousness, temperance, judgment to come. Felix trembled and answered, Go thy way for this time when I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. What was Paul preaching there? The Bible said he was preaching righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come. He was preaching you got to live right, you got to control yourself, and you and, and if you don't, there's a judgment coming. Felix trembled. I propose to you tonight that Paul was preaching grace. That's what he was preaching there. Because Felix apparently wasn't right with God. And somebody was going to tell him. Second Peter 3, 9 said, The Lord's not slack concerning his promises. Some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, and not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Does it say that all should come to assurance? That all should come to forgiveness? No. All should come to repentance. Too many preachers wanting to give people assurance. I think I'd rather give people a chance for repentance. Because I can tell you you're going to heaven, but that doesn't mean you are. And I can tell you your sins are forgiven, but it doesn't mean that they are. But if I can point you towards repentance, ha, then you can have assurance. Well, Pastor Bob is going to play a song, not on his guitar, uh, let's see here, an old Lance Appleton song. Let me read my text. I'll play part of this song, maybe. in my heart and salvation in my soul it's a long road yes it's a long road well it might be a long road but i'll make it to the city someday now don't tell me no story about reincarnation i've never seen a holy cow look anything like my lord there's just one rebirth and there ain't no imitation Yes, you can have it today, it doesn't matter who you are You just got to get your feet on the rock, your name on the roll You get Jesus in your heart and salvation when your soul takes a long road Yes, you take the long road, well it might be a long road brother But you make it to the city someday Salt Lake City Yeah, they got a good choir But listen, brother, that is not the place The place 
of my salvation is just outside Jerusalem. Yes, and there's more than just a lake. There's oceans of His saving grace. I'm glad I got my feet on the rock, got my name on the roll. I've got Jesus in my heart and salvation in my soul. It's a long road. Yes, I know it's a long road. Well, it might be a long road, but I'll make it to the city someday. Show. That's an old Lance Appleton song. In fact, we always play at the end of the broadcast a song, just about always, called Krista's Song, and that was that's Lance Appleton's daughter that wrote and sang that song. And so if you wonder why we play that, we've had more people just tell us, what is that song? We love it. And we play Timothy Spell's song, This Is That, to start every broadcast, and this song called Krista's Song. To end every broadcast, and you that are listening to Holy Ghost Radio don't get to hear that all the time because I think the program cuts out sometime in there where um, we still go a little while later on the AM station. So if you ever get me cut out, that's because um, we just have an hour on Holy Ghost Radio and sometimes we're just a little over an hour here on the AM station. Uh, thank you for all the texts tonight. Just going to mention some of them. Um, Brother Fuller is... Um, Saying no repentance or it says no repentance or baptism in acceptance. That's right, because there's there's an action in those things. Here again, the grace of God is the instruction. The grace of God is telling us how to be saved. If you know how to be saved, uh, you have the most wonderful knowledge in the world. And the only thing more wonderful is to actually do it. Just think about those people that don't know how to be saved. But let me tell you this: if you're asking God. To show you how to be saved, maybe that's why you tuned into this radio station tonight, because I'm telling you, you've got to repent of your sins, surrender your life to Jesus, be baptized in water, immersion in the name of Jesus, and be filled with the Holy Spirit. This is how we're saved. This is how we build the boat today. This is how we build the ark today. And you that build this ark can bring your family in there with you, and you can all be saved. 
And uh, thank God so far, you know, my children and my grandchildren are in the boat. And I pray, I'm going to say just about every day for them. And um, I pray for a lot of other people too, but I just, my greatest joy is that my children and grandchildren walk in truth, and I guess my greatest sorrow, sorrow would be if one of them didn't. And I know that many of you are battling those things now. Um, Brother Paul has encouraged me to just preach it. They need to hear the truth. Uh, Jody and Harvey is listening tonight. And um, the, um, you know, I don't even know Brother Johnson from Mesa, Arizona, but he is so encouraging. He's just such an encouraging guy. Uh, Becky listening tonight, she said, how did you know I wanted to hear a message about grace? Uh, somebody texted me Psalm eighty four eleven, but I didn't get a chance to look that up in the break there or when that song was going. And uh, to be honest with you, I was just kind of jamming with the song. Brother Roland just tuned in. Brother Roland, you missed a great program. <laughs> Brother Roland from Morgantown, Kentucky. These are just texts. Co- My phone kind of blew up tonight. A lot of texts. That's neat. I'm glad. I'm glad you're listening. I'm honored that you would listen. Talking about the grace of God teaches us things. The grace of God Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, and grace taught Noah how to build a boat. Pastor Bob found grace in the eyes of the Lord, and the Lord showed Pastor Bob how he could be saved. That's part of the grace of God. The grace of God has to do with information. The grace of God teaches us. The grace of God will not violate the human will. If you don't want to go to heaven, God's not going to make you go. The grace of God will not do for you what you're supposed to do for yourself. It's not. It's not going to do it for you. Um, and I know this is old for many of you that you know this stuff, um, but the gr- grace is not overlooking, you know, not the overlooking by God of our willful sinfulness. It's not. We need to have people take a trip to the altar to bring the grace of God in their life. You know, I I uh, I love. We had a great church service today. People were running the aisles, people were shouting, clapping, dancing. Um, you know, it was a great service. But let me just tell you this: on your way to the holiest of holies, you better stop by the altar of repentance before you shout or dance. Make sure you're right with God. It's important. The grace of God teaches us. That we need, what, is it, what does it say? It teaches us that we need to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts. So we need to, it teaches us that we're supposed to do some denying. You know, let me ask you this. Who's supposed to do the, the denying? Who's supposed to do the living? Remember, the grace of God won't do for you what you are responsible to do for yourself. The grace of God will bring to your attention what you need to do something about. That's the grace of God. The grace of God will show you things about yourself that you need to change. That's let me let me just read that again. Let me find it here. Titus two eleven. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that a denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. You see. The grace of God, not only do you need to repent of your sins, be baptized in the name of Jesus, and receive the Holy Spirit, but the grace of God, that's the beginning. 
The grace of God teaches us how to live. Denying ungodliness and worldly lusts. It says we should live soberly. What does that word mean? You need to stay away from mind-altering things. That's one of the things it means. You need to stay away. You know what? These people say, well, you Pentecostals preach against drinking, but you don't preach against caffeine and coffee. Oh, give me a break. Come on, you guys. Just give me a break. Nobody's in prison because of caffeine and coffee. Nobody beat their wife because they drank too much caffeine. Nobody pulled their children's hair out because, you know, I just talked to a guy in my county jail service today that, I mean, he's a clean-cut guy. I, you know, I, um, you know, he just you're just looking at him. He does. You wonder what in the world is he in jail for? And I said, "What's going on?" He said, "I'm going to be here a long time, Pastor Bob." I go, "What's going on?" He said, "I got drunk and I did something really bad and I don't even remember it. And I'm not going to tell you what it was, but it was bad. And he may be in prison. And he's got kids and a wife." And then people wonder, why do you preach against drinking, Pastor Bob? Don't you know that you could have 505 people instead of 205 people if you wouldn't preach like that? I've had, do you know what? I'm, I, what? I got nine minutes in the program. Why am I doing this? But, you know, I'd rather have 205 people go into heaven than have 2,005 people not go into heaven. And let me just tell you this. I believe that people are sick and tired of preachers that won't tell the truth. I believe that our church is growing because we preach that we should live soberly. If you can drink and handle it, you have your little glass of wine at Thanksgiving, and you're a wonderful person, I'm not denying that. But I'm telling you this, I don't think Christians ought to drink just for the example. Because there's plenty of people out there that can't control it. And I think you that think you can control it, just need to realize that we are our brother's keeper. You know, every one of us, every single person listening to me has a family member or a neighbor, a workmate that's a hopeless alcoholic. You've got somebody in your family that's dead because they were hit by a DUI driver. And you're saying you shouldn't preach against drinking, Pastor Bob. Give me a break. I'm going to preach against drinking. I mean, I, I, you know what? I mean, oh, well. Well, and another reason I'm preaching against it is because it says it in the Bible, that we should live soberly. <laughs> soberly. You could say, well, that means other things, too. Of course it does. But one of the things it means is exactly what you think it means. And if you drink a six-pack and you're drunk, you'll drink one beer and you're a sixth drunk. The Bible says, be not drunk, just don't be drunk. Live soberly. That's how do you, what are you saying? Why you? Why did you say, change the topic, Pastor Bob? I never did. The grace of God teaches us to live soberly. The grace of God teaches us to live righteously. What does that mean? It means to do what is right, to be honest to others according to God. People say, "Oh, don't you people think you're so righteous?" Listen, I don't think we think we're righteous. But we're trying to do what's right. Is that wrong? I mean, is it wrong to try to do what's right? Here again, I, admit, I admitted that we've got a bunch of flawed humans in our church. 
But a whole bunch of those flawed humans have this desire to do what's right, and that's what Noah had, and that's why he found grace in the eyes of the Lord. That's what it means he was a just man. Does this, you know, I, I think Noah was a flawed man. I know the, I know God thought very highly of him, but I, you know, he wasn't perfect. He probably got mad and kicked the cat once in a while. Probably not, you know. But I mean, who knows? I don't know. You know, I, I mean, I'm just saying there was only been one perfect man, and that was Jesus. But to want to do what's right, that's how you find grace in the eyes of the Lord. Do you want to do what's right? Wow. <laughs> the uh, well, you know what? I'm getting some neat neat text tonight. Uh, the um, grace of God teaches us to live soberly, to do righteously, and to be godly. What's the difference between righteously and godly? Well, let me tell you. Godly means to be a God-pleaser. Find out what God likes and do it. This can apply to the way you wear your hair, the way you dress, what your entertainment is. That's the difference between godly and righteous. Righteous means you're trying to do what's right. Godly means that I'm trying to find out what pleases God to do that. He's looking for a peculiar people tonight. People that stand out. The word holy means separate. It means the called out ones. That's what it means. That's what God's looking for. We've got uh, Sister Hughes listening tonight. Don't know who she is, but she's texted me before. We've got, um, let's see, who's this? So, you know what? It, thank you so much. I really, I only gave out my text number like once. A seven zero one two nine zero seven eight six two, but I've gotten a lot of text tonight. Um, the um, the um, appreciate that. Is this making sense to everybody? Like, I mean, you know, are you? Is it making sense that the grace of God is not a ticket to sin? The grace of God is God's instruction in how we can be saved. That's the grace of God. So if you're in the middle of sin right now. Let's just say you're shacking up with some lady that you're not married to. And the Bible says that's sin. Like, you can only have sex with somebody you're married to, right? It's not what the Bible teaches? Sure it is. So you're not doing that. And I just told you it's a sin. You say, man, that's pretty harsh, isn't it, Pastor Bob? Half the city of Dickinson's shacking up with people. I don't believe that, but... Well... But isn't it what I just told you, the grace of God? I mean, if you're not right with God, do you want to know about it? I do. Like, if I'm not right with God, I want to know about it. One of the cool things about preaching is it's like I'm not embarrassing you. Like, when you're when you're sinful, many times you come to our church, and I'll be preaching. Preaching's kind of cool because you can take it or leave it. If, it, if the shoe fits, wear it. You know, if, if the preacher's preaching about sin you're doing, that's the grace of God. Thank you, God, for showing me so I can get right with you. One of the coolest things is the minister in our, in our beach church said this a long time ago. But in the Bible, where it, in the New Testament, where it gives those lists of sin that say those that do such things shall not go to heaven, like fornication or homosexuality or 
drunkenness or, you know, just that big, those, there's two places that just have like this list of nine or 10 things. And brother Joe Hostetler said, isn't that nice that God put that in there? It's kind of like having the, the test questions so that you can pass the test. It's the cheat sheet. In other words, I came to God when I was 20 years old. I didn't know half the stuff I was doing was sinful. I found out. Isn't that the grace of God? Isn't it the grace of God, the information? Isn't that what it is? See, this idea that the grace of God is just this this weird, uh, like, you know, do, do whatever you want, live however you want, you know, and somehow the grace of God is just going to take care of everything. No, there's part of this we got to do too. You got to build the boat. The grace of God will tell you how to do it. The grace of God will give you the power to do it. But you still got to do it, right? Oh, man. Tell it like it is radio show tonight. Pastor Bob, never going to finish this program tonight, but I did just grab my guitar. Let's see if I can do this. Oh, maybe I can do this. Just going to give you a little info before we close everything down tonight. Um, the, um, the, um, there we go. That sounds better. If you want to come to church this week, Tuesday night, Beach Community Center, 730, we got a special speaker. The evangelist uh, Gary Blackshire will be preaching. Beach, 730, at the Beach Community Center. Wednesday night at 730, New Life Pentecostal Church, 501 Elks Drive. And uh, that's the former Elks building. Evangelist Gary Blackshear will be preaching. Thursday night, Bowman, right on Main Street, 7.30. Brother Gary Blackshear Shear will be preaching. That's how you find out about us Sundays. We've got a uh, Sunday school at 10, worship service at 11, 501 Elks Drive. I think I think you might have to put up with Pastor Pastor Bob preaching for that. I'm not sure. Friday mornings at Perkins, if you're a man, men's Bible study, 6, 6 a.m. Thank you, everybody, for texting me. I am going to sing one song, Paul. I'm not going to sing the song you asked me to. But this is a kind of a different version of Amazing Grace. See if you like it tonight. Singing of amazing grace. Singing of amazing grace Singing of amazing Singing of amazing Singing of amazing grace I was on the road to hell Singing of amazing grace Under the devil's spell Singing of amazing grace But you purchased me Singing of amazing grace And you set me free Singing of amazing Singing of amazing Singing of amazing grace How sweet the sound Singing of amazing grace Saved a wretch like me 
singing of amazing grace was lost now found singing of amazing grace was blind now see singing of amazing singing of amazing singing of amazing grace taught my heart to fear singing of amazing grace and all my fears relieved singing of amazing grace he's been so good to me singing of amazing grace his word my hope secures singing of amazing singing of amazing singing of amazing grace Oh, bless the Lord, singing of amazing grace. Oh, my soul, singing of amazing grace. And all that's in me, singing of amazing grace. Bless His holy name, singing of amazing, singing of amazing Singing of amazing grace. Lord Jesus, tonight we're so thankful, God, that your grace is still calling people today. God, help us to respond to your grace. We just pray in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to another Tell It Like It Is radio show. Lord willing, I'll be back next week at 8.06 Mountain Time. God bless.
Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.